in the squadron. They called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, uh, I don't know if you've ever been in a courtroom where you had to actually say something, where you were the witness. Um, sometimes you get in your head, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say that, I'm going to. But you get in there, and uh, the rules are pretty tight. <laughs> you got, you've, you know, you got to answer the question. You can't go on. You can't uh, extraneous stuff. It's a very tightly controlled thing. And uh, I can be as defiant or as jerky as, uh, well, uh, some really defiant and jerky people out there. And even I had to kind of uh, just go along with it and just suck it up and answer the questions and um, but I guess if you are, if your name is Fanny, pronounced Fanny, uh, you can do whatever the hell you want. Um, especially, quite frankly, uh, she's playing the race card, and so is her old man. Uh, these are race baiting uh, people, and it's uh, just a terrible, terrible thing. Now, why the hell are we talking about it? You got to take a step back. Remember, Fanny is trying to throw Donald Trump in jail. Uh, that fake case in in Georgia. You're allowed to call up and say, you know what, uh, I think this vote was terrible, and I think there are more votes out there. You're allowed to say that stuff. It's just open and shut. This is a fake case. But listen to the attitude on this woman. Now, oh, why is she center, front and center again? Turns out, instead of pursuing justice, she may have had another motive, pursuing justice, quote, unquote. I mean, the whole damn thing was fake, but even faker, it may all have been a ruse, a pretense, so she could hang out with her boy toy, pay him all kinds of money, and then receive some of that money in return. She hired a guy named Nathan Wade. They got a 500 attorneys down there, but she has to hire this guy, who she's known for years, who she's been hanging out with. Nobody caught that. They said, when did you become romantically involved? It was after I hired him. Oh, yeah? Well, what about before then? Well, we hung out together. Hung out? Do you know what that is? You know what that's code for in the 21st century? Having sex casually. All right? That's what that means. I'm surprised all the legal eagles out there. They couldn't figure that one out. Anyway, listen to this for the attitude. Cut 19. I object to you getting records. You've been intrusive into people's personal lives. You're confused. You think I'm on trial. These people are on trial for trying to steal an election in 2020. I'm not on trial, no matter how hard you try to put me on trial. I didn't give him money in a contract, so that was cute. But I didn't give him money out in a contract. What happened is, no, we're going to answer it since you said it. Don't be cute with me. And then think that you're not going to get an answer. When you got cash to pay him back on these trips, would you go to the ATM? No, lady. So the cash that you gave him, that could have been used to pay the tax lien off? You're going to tell me how to pay my bills? I'm not going to emasculate a black man. Did you understand that? (laughs) And the judge is just sitting there like this is normal? You're going to let this happen? Well, the judge is on this elevated platform, right? And the judge happens to be white. And what does the judge have, right? I can tell you that the judge is feeling his privilege. Oh, boy, he cannot sit in judgment. Even that's your job, pal. You're the one guy who could be judgmental about this. You can't tolerate that. This is where the society is going, right? Uh, show some attitude. You've got extra protection because of your complexion. Thank you, Curtis. And this was a total farce. Uh And then the fake news says she did a good job. Now, remember, again, if she is not pursuing the case on the merits, 
the, the, the concern is she's just getting close to the boyfriend. They're going on trips. Get this. Over a few months, they went to Aruba. They went to Bahamas. They went to Belize. They went to the Napa Valley. They went to uh, some cabin in the woods in Tennessee. They went on two cruises. I've never been on one cruise. All this while they're doing, while she's the district attorney, while she's the people's lawyer, right? Um, I love this part. The attitude that she showed, the attitude, attitude, attitude. But at the same time, like, she's guilty of this one little thing here. But if you, what do they say? Deny everything, admit nothing, make counter accusations. Okay, so listen to this. Cut 21. Such good friends that when you needed a place to stay, you asked her if you could take over her lease. That's a lie. You did not, not move the, into her apartment? I did, her but that's not the way you characterize it is wrong. I asked if you asked if you could take over her lease. I did not ask if I could take over her lease. That's a lie. That's a lie. Well, listen to what she says next after she calms herself. Cut 22. My dad was begging me to leave the house. He was afraid for me, afraid for his grandchildren. She wanted someone to take over her lease so that she didn't, you know, have to pay a fee or get abandoned. And so I don't remember when, but probably March or April of 21, I move in and take over her lease. That's a lie. I thought that was a lie. All right. So um, these people are seriously unhinged, and we are way far afield from uh, the election of 2020. I recognize that. I understand that. But um, uh, I guess it's relevant at this woman. I mean, do you remember her? This is the one. Very. It was late at night. It was like 11 o'clock. She comes out there all high and mighty, indicting Donald Trump. And Donald Trump had to show up by Friday to get arrested. That's the mugshot. This is the mugshot case. Uh, Let's see here. Cut 20. Today, based on information developed by that investigation, a Fulton County grand jury returned a true bill of indictment. I am giving the defendants the opportunity to voluntarily surrender no later than noon on Friday. What? I make decisions in this office based on the facts and the law. Um, the law is completely nonpartisan. That's how decisions are made in every case. Something tells I don't believe her. I don't believe that that's how she calls cases, right? I mean, especially after I got a good taste of uh, her attitude yesterday. Cut 27. I didn't ask about living. But you put in your, while we're talking about professionalism, no, while we're talking about professionalism, she put in three different documents Don't he lived with me. Full opportunity to respond. Wow. Uh, this is one bad egg. And her old man is uh, is no better. Oh, boy. Now, here he is. I'm calling. I have to call. I hate to say that. I'm not going to say that. But I'm I'm saying this is I'm calling BS on this. All right. Where she he says the N word was written all over their house. The N word gets written all over the house. You know what that is? That's a news story. That's a news story. We want to know about that. And uh, he just said it happened. I found out that this guy was in the Black Panthers and he dated the known terrorist Angela Davis. He may he seems really avuncular and like a really kind of a likable guy. Uh but he's not. He's a race-baiting fool. Just like the daughter. Imagine that. Give me that fake N-word stuff, please. Yes, no, maybe. Just let me know what's going on, pal. One second. Well, basically said that the house was painted with the N-word. And um, 
I don't believe him. Go. After she was sworn in, she was sworn in on January 1 of uh, 2021. And on or about the 3rd of February, um, at probably 5, 5.30 a.m. in the morning, um, there were people outside her house uh, cursing and yelling and calling her the B word and the N word. And just, I mean, it was bizarre. Okay. I mean, it just. Bizarre. Uh, keep going with this guy. He's a character. He really is. When your daughter moved or left the house that she owned, did did she say anything to you about having a large uh, savings of cash? Oh, no, she, oh, no. See, maybe, excuse me, and I, Your Honor, I'm not trying to be racist, okay? But it's a black thing, okay? You know, I was trained. And most black folks, they hide cash or they keep cash. And uh, I was, no, I train. You always keep some cash because uh, I've been places, and just because of the color of my skin. For example, I took a fellowship at Harvard when my daughter was just a, a if I might, Your Honor, if I might, when I was just, uh, she was just, you know, maybe three years old. And I remember going to a restaurant in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and I had a American Express credit card and maybe a visa or whatever. And uh, I had a lot of um, what they call traveler's checks. I don't even know if they still have traveler's checks, but traveler's checks. And there was a sign said, you know, with the credit card, for whatever reasons, the man would not take my American Express credit card. So I pulled out my visa card. And he wouldn't take my visa card. So then I pulled out my traveler's checks. He said, we don't take checks. Now, this was these were traveler's checks. This was money. I had a $10 bill. I'll never forget this as long as I live. And uh, he said, uh, uh, the bill for my wife at the time, uh, Fonny's mother, Fonny and myself, was like $9.95. And I had a $10 bill. That was all that. And I always remember that. Um, but even before that, I've always kept cash, I, you know, and I've told my daughter, you keep six months worth of cash always. For example, I had three safes in my house. Um, I put some of my clients' stuff there, too, uh, things I didn't want other lawyers to be. I mean, because you're always in a firm, and I knew that there were special conditions. So some of my clients' things I would bring home, put them in the safe. But I've always kept safes. And as a matter of fact, I gave my daughter uh, her first cash box and told her, always keep some cash. So uh, what do we think? Uh, something racist happened to him in 1974. I looked it up. Fonny was three years old, so and uh, she was born in 1971. So in 1974, he had an unpleasant interaction in a restaurant in Cambridge, according to him. Uh, you know where he wants to retire? You know where he wants to be right now? Where he'd rather be instead of the United States? South Africa. That was his plan. He was going to go move to South Africa and retire there. This guy wants to see racism. <laughs> South Africa, are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, I know they don't have apartheid anymore, and that's great, but uh, that is one racist place, all right? And, uh, oh, boy, good luck. This is, uh, whew. Um, what do you, uh, what do you make of it, huh? What do, let me know. Am I being too hard on this person? I don't think so. Let's see here. During this case, during the investigation into Donald Trump, 
probably the biggest thing that she ever went through, right? What was she doing with her downtime? Traveling. And what was she doing when she was traveling? Cut 25. That they do pairings. Um, that was the most expensive thing that I think that we did while we were there. So they would pair, uh, they, they would pair uh, champagne, chocolate, and champagne, chocolate, and caviar. It was a three, and it was like three different things. Sweden, Russia, someplace else. I'll make that up. But um, that that was the most expensive thing we did that trip. Pairings with caviar from Sweden, Russia, um, right in the middle of one of the biggest cases ever in the Napa Valley. I'm really pleased. I guess I'm kind of lucky that I am. Uh, I don't think I can be bought. There's very little things I'm interested in. I don't, I mean, I, I just really give me an iPad and a comfortable couch and I'm basically totally content. Uh, I don't like going to, I don't like going to games. Uh, you can't give me tickets. I don't want to go there. Uh, let's see. I can't, uh, I don't know. I don't really, I don't like wine. I don't like expensive leather goods. I just, I, uh, I don't know. I don't really need or want much of anything. Um, I mean, I like money. I guess that would, uh, that could possibly tickle my fancy, but, uh, no, I'd rather uh, I'd rather starve than take a bribe. I'd rather starve. Um, but I, I say that at the moment, I'm not hungry. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, you know, push comes to shove. Who knows? You know, everybody has their price. I hate to think. I hate to think. I hate to think. What the hell am I going to do? What If somebody bribes me, what can I do for them, though? I can't really get anything done. Um, uh, it's an interesting thought experiment. All right. So where the hell are we? Let's put that aside for a moment. Uh, Alexei Navalny died. You know who that is? A very handsome guy in Russia who was anti-Putin, and he's dead now. And Putin obviously had this guy killed. Putin is not messing around. Gee whiz. And you know what? It The world is a less safe place with Biden in office. I mean, look at all the stuff that happened since he left, uh, since Trump left. Ukraine gets invaded. We lose Afghanistan. Um this guy gets killed, one of the most prominent Russian dissidents in the history of the country. Uh, you know, uh, so much of this comes from Joe Biden's weak um, stature, weak presence. Putin checked this guy out in Geneva three years ago. Uh, wouldn't even let us see the meetings because we knew that what's-his-name was being owned. Oh, I'm out of time. I'll be right back. But there is some Joe just unloaded on Trump and... Um, it's it's bad for Joe. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, two uh, two people, two people are being charged in the case, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, that great big shootout uh, during that Super Bowl celebration. Hmm. How about that one? Two juveniles. We may not find out their names. Um, I am very, very confident, as I was at the outset, that this is not related uh, to terrorism based in uh, white identity extremism, i.e. white supremacy. Right. Just uh, just a wild theory here. Now, however, I want to say this. We have done very, very little about Black History Month on The Greg Kelly Show. So we're going to address it right now with a special announcement. From transgender weirdo, Dr. Rachel Levine, uh, formerly Richard. And because uh, Richard became Rachel, 
get, got a very big job at the Department of Health and Human Services, and for some weird reason, they gave her a uniform. So she's dressed up. He's dressed up like an admiral. What a beast. But anyway, uh, talking about Black History Month, what does this have to do with Health and Human Services? Apparently a lot. Climate change, black people, and transgender Dr. Rachel Levine. Go ahead with that, please. Hello, I'm Admiral Rachel Levine. This Black History Month, I'm pleased to partner with OMH in advancing better health through better understanding for black communities. Climate change is having a disproportionate effect on the physical and mental health of black communities. Black Americans are more likely than white Americans to live in areas and housing that increase their susceptibility to climate-related health issues. And 65% of black Americans report feeling anxious about climate change's impact. Stop! (laughs) Man, oh man, oh man, this is laugh out loud stupid, isn't it? And also untrue. Hey, let's look at New York City. Let's look at New York City. What community took it the hardest during um, uh, Hurricane Sandy? Well, uh, the South Shore of Staten Island and uh, Rockaway, Breezy Point. Uh, Just a quick uh, Google of my brain here. The demographics uh, are, I think, 99.9% Irish and Italian. All right, how about that one? But anyway, he still says that black people are freaked out about uh, climate change. 65%. 65% report unease, mental unease about climate change. You know what this is? This is bigotry, actually. This is bigotry coming from a very liberal, very white Dr. Richard Levine, going by Rachel, right, pretending that black people are pathetic and need need some sort of leg up. Keep going, Rachel. Office of Climate Change and Health Equity and the Office of Environmental Justice, we're working with providers and community leaders to identify innovative approaches that empower communities to address the health consequences linked to climate change. Wow, that doesn't sound like a waste of time, energy, and money, does it? Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, just like in Russia, just like in Russia, they're trying to put Donald Trump in jail. They did it to Alexei Navalny, and yeah, he died in prison. Uh, if you add up all these crazy charges that the left loves to brag about, 91 criminal indictments, 91 felony charges, uh, yeah, he would actually technically die in prison. How about that, huh? And the way they're talking, the way Biden talks about Trump, This is the threat to democracy. He seems to be firing people up to do who knows, God knows what. And I fear that even components of our government may be plotting to do something extrajudicial. Um, I don't know. Our intelligence community. I mean, you got the president of the United States saying that this man will ruin the country, destroy it. Now, that's not true. He will save it. But when you get that kind of signal from the president, And the president's job is to defend the Constitution, right? And he convinces everybody that the Constitution is is in jeopardy. It's funny. When they go after Trump, you'll notice they just go after Trump. My God, this person. But they can't go after his policies. When Trump goes after Biden, when he goes after Harris, when he goes after the administration, he's going after things that they have actually done, right? The executive orders that canceled his executive orders that opened up the border, Losing in Afghanistan, things that actually are like exist in the world outside of Joe Biden that Joe Biden caused to happen. These are the things we don't like. Joe Biden himself, you know, I don't care for him either, but 
<laughs> it's it's actually curiously much more substantive when it comes from Trump than when it comes from Biden. Now, um, the Ukraine stuff. This is uh, I guess we got to give them more money. I'm getting a little bit sick of that, aren't you? Here's Joe uh, laying it all the line, uh, all on the line. And again, the rhetoric about Trump disturbing in my book, very disturbing. Cut 36. Bipartisan Senate vote that passed overwhelmingly in the United States Senate to fund Ukraine. Now, as I've said before, and I mean this in a literal sense, history is watching. History is watching the House of Representatives. The failure to support Ukraine at this critical moment will never be forgotten. It's going to go down in the pages of history. It really is. It's consequential. And the clock is ticking. And this has to happen. We have to help now. You know, we have to realize what we're dealing with with Putin. All of us should reject the dangerous statements made by the previous president that invited Russia to invade our NATO allies if they weren't paying up. He said if an ally did not pay their dues, he'd encourage Russia to, quote, do whatever the hell they want. Well, they've already done whatever the hell they want, right? They invaded Ukraine. Ukraine, not a NATO member, by the way. One of the, I think, components of NATO eligibility is that you pay. And how do you get these countries to pay their fair share, right? It might even take a little bit of (gasps) coercion. It might take a little bit of uh, arm twisting. Hey, it looks like we're going to have the verdict on, we're going to have Judge Engeron's Judge Engeron is going to try to bring to a halt the Donald Trump empire, the Trump organization. They own properties all over the world. They want to stop them from doing business in New York, all because, um, uh, well, Engeron is uh, ruling on things he does not understand. Uh, he has no business even understanding. It's it's These are private business matters. There is no victim. There is no crime victim. You know, it's really disappointing that there aren't some good lawyers out there. You turn on the TV, you know. The left, they've got their lawyers. I notice on Fox News, they basically have lawyers who hold their nose about Trump. They kind of hold their nose, especially Bill Barr. Uh, McCarthy is okay, but I think he's kind of weak. He's kind of owned by the establishment. Same goes for, who's the other guy? Jonathan Turley. I think that guy just needs a break. But where are the giants? I mean, the only one I can think of is um, is Dershowitz, but there should be like 10, 20. Maybe there should be 20,000 Dershowitz standing up. And saying, this is not right. This is wrong. And it clearly is the persecution of Donald Trump, the prosecution and the persecution of this guy. Um, how he, how he withstands it all, how he, <laughs> how he gets through, it's kind of amazing. Mike, hello. Mike, are you there? All righty. Never mind. That means we got to go to the dreaded Adam. Hello. How you doing, sir? How you doing today? What's up? Uh, you know they, they, you know they, somebody just one of them conservative groups just ruled that 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 the Susan movie was bogus. You know that, right? That two thousand mules. That's for two thousand fools, sir. Did you watch the movie? Of course, you did it. of course you didn't. Of course you didn't, Adam. Of course you didn't, Adam. What conservative group is that, sir? What conservative no, group is that? In Georgia, you, you don't even know. You don't even know. You don't even know. You don't see the movie. You know. You you don't know the group. You're ignorant, Adam. 
I talked to you about this before. You can get in trouble calling radio stations and not having your facts straight. All right. And if you keep it up, I'm going to tell your, uh, I'm going to tell the manager at the bus company that you're calling me during working hours while you should be paying attention, looking at the road, driving those passengers around the airport. I'm not going to say the airport name because I still kind of like you for some mysterious reason. But here you are in the middle of the workday, cutting, not paying attention to your passengers and passing off fake news. Adam, for one brief shining moment, you were kind of somewhat informed. But um, I don't know. You know, the problem with you is a, a lie is a terrible way to say hello. I think I saw that in a Star Trek episode. And ever since you called here insisting you were from Mineola, when I knew you weren't from Mineola, I just, it was like, what the hell is with this guy? I wonder about you, Adam, very, very much. Here you don't, you never, didn't see the movie. You don't know the name of the conservative group, but, you know, the po- powers that be. Are you that weak? Can you just be pushed around, right? I don't think so, Adam. I'm expecting more from you, please. Safe driving today. Don't worry. I'm not going to call the boss. Sandra, hello. Hi, Greg. So, you know, I was very surprised that Fannie Willis didn't come back today. I really thought she would come back, change her tune, change her style, but she didn't. But I was very surprised when I saw the father today, like you. He's quite a character. I think that he's very smart. I didn't know he was a lawyer, and uh, that's going to add complexity, I think, to the case. And, and, you know, she has a very close relationship with her father. She calls him ten times a day. I didn't know that he named him Fanny, which means prosperous. What difference does and, any of this make? It's good to it know. Do, it doesn't make are- any difference, all right? It's it, 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 it just, look, he was cut. The, the reason why he's giving points, and I say you're giving him points, somehow he's verifying the story that uh, there was a lot of cash in the house, so there will be no record whatsoever of her paying um, uh, her boyfriend, Nate, for all the stuff that Nate was buying with county funds, and he should have been making that money, but he was hired because Fanny wanted to get it on with him and wanted some money. And justice was like, it was just a pretext. The case against Trump, a pretext. The whole damn case should be thrown out. Doesn't complicate anything. Thank you, though. Uh, this is uh, this is the boyfriend. What a character this guy is, huh? Uh, let's see here. I knew what was going on right away, though. I knew that this guy, he's dating more than Fanny Willis. He's dating all kinds of women at the office and elsewhere. Cut 31. Mr. Wade, I'm, I'm not asking you to go through a thousand pages of records. I'm asking if you remember paying for a cabin six months ago in Tennessee. No. You remember booking a cabin? I booked lots of cabins. I booked lots of cabins. See, this is the thing about it. He was he booked a cabin for somebody other than Fannie Willis, and it put him in a really tough spot. Cut 32. Did you go to a cabin with Miss Willis ever? Ever. Ever. That's it was running through his mind like, oh, boy, Fanny's going to give me a hard time. I did book lots of cabins. I just said I booked lots of cabins, but I never took I never took Fanny to a cabin. She's going to know 
I'm saying it on TV. That's one of the reasons why she was so fired up. All right. This is the thing that I like, though, about Nathan Wade. Uh, this was the moment that, well, I, gosh, you know, everybody's got everybody's got good and bad in them. And uh, this is the good part of Nathan Wade. Cut 33. My marriage was irretrievably broken in 2015, ma'am, um, by agreement. Um, my wife and I agreed that uh, once she had the affair in 2015 that we'd get a divorce. Um, we didn't get a divorce immediately because my children were still in school and I refused to allow them to grow up without their father at the time. So we waited. We waited until the youngest graduated and we dropped her off at college and then filed for the divorce. I just, I like that. I like that. He stayed in the house for the kids. A lot of people just uh, take off very selfishly, right? Uh, sticking around, raising children all the way up through college. He gets a lot of credit for that in my book, a lot of credit. And there are unique challenges. There are unique challenges um, in life for anybody, for everybody. But I think a little bit extra perhaps for him. And, yeah, it, based on the color of his skin. Uh, yeah, he had an extra burden in a lot of different ways. So, um, doesn't mean he gets to indict Donald Trump, does it? <laughs> That's when he went a little bit too far. All right. The other thing that we needed to talk about, Rachel Levine, we got, Hey, it's president's day on, uh, Monday and you know, Ohio takes such pride in presidents because a lot of presidents came from Ohio. You know how many presidents came within just a few blocks of where I am right now? In fact, on one block in New York City, East 65th Street, I went over this with Roger Stone once, uh, and I told him, and he was blown away, East 65th Street. If you're going down East 65th Street, you're just going down any other street in New York. You really wouldn't notice much of anything. It's just like 66th Street. It's just like 64th Street. On East 65th Street lived President Ulysses S. Grant, uh, also lived President Franklin Delano Roosevelt mm -hmm. uh, also lived President Richard M. Nixon post-presidency in the 1970s in a, on a, in a townhouse between 3rd and Lex. And also lived on East 65th Street, President Donald J. Trump. Um, remarkably, uh, the corner of 3rd Avenue and 65th Street, he had a condo in there. In fact, the very first time he was profiled in the New York Times there's a picture of him in the apartment. He's a bachelor, and they put the address in the story, which really annoyed him, and he moved shortly thereafter. Um, and that's just on one street. On 60, 63rd Street, uh, no, I'm sorry, 62nd Street, Teddy Roosevelt lived there. He also lived downtown. Barack Obama lived on 94th Street, Um and Bill Clinton never lived here. Ronald Reagan lived here for a summer when he was on Broadway. You know, he doesn't get enough credit for his acting. He was actually quite good. Man, we were blessed. We were so blessed. Have you ever heard the story when Ronald Reagan met Donald Trump at the White House in 1985? And Ronald Reagan has told this story, told this story uh, to some of his aides. He said, I had the strangest feeling. I felt that I was meeting the president of the United States. It's true. I'll have the details when we come back. Greg Kelly.
on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Tony Bobolinsky stuff is hot, hot. The transcript just came out. I'm going to go through it in a moment. First, though, that that Ronald Reagan moment. They actually met several times. I only know that because, well, um, I got about seven pictures here, and they're wearing different clothes in each picture. Uh, one of them, state dinner at the White House. For the life of me, this is Ronald Reagan. For the life of me, and I'll never know how to explain it, when I met that young man, I felt like I was the one shaking hands with the president. Now, I've, ser- I've seen some people say, oh, that's BS, that's apocryphal, that really didn't happen. I don't know. I think it actually did happen. And uh, what a moment. What a moment. Um, let's see here. Yes, they have just released. Let's see. Uh, we are releasing the transcript with our transcribed interview with Tony Bobolinsky. Remember him? A lot of this stuff is similar to what he said to um, uh, all of us, actually, all of us during that press conference just before the big debate. Now, he was dismissed. He was censored, um, but it's too bad because the stuff he has is totally, totally dynamite. Uh, I'm going to go through a little bit right now. This is from the House Oversight Committee. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. Question. Oh, I'll skip that one. The question goes on too long. Joe Biden not only knew about his family's business dealings, but he enabled them and participated in them despite being buffered by a scheme to maintain plausible deniability. His family's foreign influence peddling operation from China to Ukraine and elsewhere sold out to foreign actors who were seeking to gain influence and access to Joe Biden and the United States government. Joe Biden was more than a participant and a beneficiary of his family business. He was an enabler, despite being buffered by a complex scheme to maintain that plausible deniability. The only reason any of these international business transactions took place with tens of millions of dollars flowing directly to the Biden family was because Joe Biden was in high office. The Biden family business was Joe Biden, period. Wow. Um, uh, he's sitting there telling me as I ask him questions about his interaction with his father and his father's knowledge of the deal and other deals. And Hunter Biden was not shy about saying, my father picks up the phone. I can call him from anywhere around the world. Do you want me to get him on the phone now? I didn't, but he would use that terminology. Bettingfield was one of them. He said, oh, she's the biggest challenge to me getting to my father, but he takes my phone calls any time of day, and I just take things to him because I asked him just from a sense of care, like these are people I'm going to do business with. I had built a successful franchise. My name was well-respected around the world. This is Bobolinsky, I think. People trusted me with billions of dollars investing in a variety of things, and I was asking him, This doesn't sort of make sense to me. I would think your dad has an army of lawyers around him that are putting a wall between you talking about stuff. And he sort of just laughed it off. He was very emboldened, confident that, you know, he had access to his father wherever, whenever he wanted. And the only reason why I give you that background is that was the sort of predicate to them saying, hey, my father's coming in. Let's get together with my father while he's here. Now, the fake news, Chuck Todd, well, that's not illegal. Well, it sure is scummy, don't you think? Rodney, hello. Yeah, I just heard my man Adam call up on the phone. Hey, 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 calm down. Every time. All right, all right, all right, 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 right
Hello, Greg. It's nice to talk to you. Uh, as far as this uh, Fannie Willis saying her father told her he has to have six months, my father told me to always have cash. You know why? In case somebody's got something that you want to buy that's hot or off the truck, that's the only reason you have cash on you for, for things that aren't right you know, to do illegal things or unethical things. When is America going to wake up and see the clown show that's going on with this administration? Joe Biden is the modern-day Pontius Pilate, and he will stop at nothing. I shouldn't say him, the people behind him, the Democrats, all of them. They want Trump out of the picture, dead or alive. And the last thing, what is the name of that Charles Stanley Bible, because my son would like to read a Bible, you know, the Bible, but I'd like to get one for, for him that is uh, easier and more up to date as far as. I understand. I understand. Number one, uh, I think we're going a little bit hard on Punch's pilot here. At least he was neutral. He was like, you know, hey, uh, it's up to you guys. We have Joe Biden actively pushing the prosecution of Trump. Take him out. I want that trial. He should have been tried already. My God, man, what are you waiting for? Uh, Joe Biden has been actively driving this thing. I also think that the country is kind of wide awake. I mean, we are awake, right? I mean, I, I guess 45 percent of it is going along with this nonsense. But the rest of us, uh, we know what's what. And uh, we are we can't be fooled. Uh, Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible. Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible is the one I would recommend. It has lots of footnotes in it. And uh, it's great. And, uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't like everybody, but I love everybody, okay? I don't particularly like uh, Adam these days, but I love Adam, and he has a role, and everything. everything's great. I love that guy. I love you. Um, I don't necessarily like you. Well, I like you, too. But uh, I hope you're – how old is your son? 17. Oh, man, that's great. Uh, it would have saved me a lot of grief had I gotten into the Bible earlier in life. I mean – and I would just say this, my, my parting words uh, for your son as he embarks on a faith journey, the rules in that Bible, the the rules and the laws and the statutes and, uh, well, the, the New Testament answers a lot of that stuff too. But I used to think that they were meant to kind of keep us from having a good time, you know? And uh, the, the key is, no, they're meant to uh, maximize our joy and security and safety and life is much better when you abide by those and, 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 and get close to God. So much better than if we do it on our own. Thank you.